This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with director of design, author, speaker, Joshua Malden. Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss, and thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerds. It is a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and be tech good. <laughs> and speaking of doing tech good, our sponsor, Off Zero, is helping us do just that. Brian? Yes, they are. We'd like to thank Off Zero as this season's sponsor. They make it easy for developers to build a custom, secure and standards-based unified login by providing it as a service. To try it, go to AuthZero.com today. Uh, AuthZero also has a, both a YouTube and Twitch channel under username AuthZero with some great developer resources and streams. And lastly, Avocado Labs. They have an, it's an online destination that their developer advocates run where they organize some super great meetup events. Remember to check out AuthZero.com today. Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate it. And let's uh, welcome our amazing guest today. We have speaker, director of design, and author Josh Malden. Welcome to the show, Josh. Really appreciate you, uh, you joining us today. Thanks. Uh, I am pumped to be here, especially after that opening theme music. I, I was both... <laughs> Calmed and juiced, which is a, a, <laughs> awesome. a combo. I'm, I'm feeling it. A, a lot of people say that you're not the first, probably the third. But yes, that's that's what we're going for. Right on the money. You hit yep. it. All right. <laughs> so, Josh, how, how you been? First off, uh, you doing good? Uh, family okay? Friends okay? Everything going uh, yeah. all right with the uh, with the vid hitting uh, hitting hard? Yeah. So the folks are doing well. Uh, they're they're fully vaccinated, trying to just stay healthy. They both work in a hospital, so we're just very happy that they're fine. Uh, I'm doing good. Picked up some odd hobbies that don't involve screens, like restoring watches and clocks, which is kind of a fun thing. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, it's a good huh. time. That's cool. Well, why don't we start off with a little bit of uh, context about you for the people that might not know, Joshua. So you, uh, Director of Design, what does that mean and what is your day-to-day -day like and what do you do at Atrium? Uh, it's Artium, actually. It, Artium. it happens a lot. That's what yeah. I said the first time. I it think did. you misheard me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, incidentally, my parents work at Atrium, so that's that's always that's what I was. That's what I yeah. meant because I was talking of to your course. parents earlier. But yes. <laughs> oh, rad. Okay, yeah. So the day to day of me at Artium is I run a team of designers. We work with clients to help them build software, try to add a little bit more humanity into it and just help them build better software. So we've, I've got folks all across the country that I'm, I'm working with. And, you know, some days it's me making prototypes. Another day, it's me asking someone why until they tell me to shut up like I'm too. Um, it's a good time. Nice. I think we've all been there, right, Brian? Absolutely. Why? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, nothing. No reason. <laughs> I sense a little a little conflict there, and which which brings us to our uh, main topic. I guess we could jump into. Joshua, we're here to talk to you about conflict resolution. I think uh, first off, you could tell us what exactly is uh, what is, what does conflict mean to you. So really, it's about a disagreement in viewpoints. It's like when I think thing A and you think thing B, and neither one of us want to go to the other thing. And you know, there's the unhealthy kind of conflict where you have like you know, verbal abuse and harassment and stuff like that, which is not the kind of conflict that I'm into. Um, actually, that's a funny statement. Who would be? Um, <laughs> well, but, uh, I think yeah. Brian probably. Yeah, this guy. I definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just people, people trying to work out differences of opinion. And it's really about not necessarily the things that you say or the viewpoints that you hold. It's really about managing the space in between those words if that makes sense yeah absolutely so it's it's not so much about i i think what comes up in a lot of people's minds right away is um uh the negative points of view right it has a a, a certain connotation to it like like backstabbing um gossip behind one's back and then people tend to avoid conflict because they bring their personal emotions to the table with, with conflict, but a lot of it is that uh, finding a common ground and that resolution to that answer. Would that be fair? That's entirely fair. Probably put better than I could, so I'm going to steal it. All right. <laughs> I like that. Do you mind uh, providing us maybe some examples uh, just to start everything off of what, uh, what conflict looks like and, and uh, how people could uh, use some basic, basic tools? Sure. So there, there's several examples, one being you've been working with someone who has a particularly malicious body odor that you really, uh, oh, all right. So it looks like I'm going to be mediating some conflict between you two. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so it's, you know, you've, you've got some, some personal hygiene issues that you want to discuss. You've got someone who is constantly talking over someone else in a meeting or interrupting them. Or e even interrupting you. Um, no, this is just him. <laughs> For our audio listeners, Brian is pointing at me. <laughs> uh, also, oh, listeners, right. I'm pretty sure that Frederick is pointing at himself through a mirror that is off screen. <laughs> oh, right. And, and <laughs> hypothetically, you. if you look at that in a um, existential way, that it's, it goes back to Brian. So I get it. Okay. Well, well said. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's it's just about like, hey. I'm, I'm getting interrupted a lot in meetings or I can't come to an agreement with someone about what this user flow or user journey should look like. And we're just butting heads. Well, you talked about a mediator. When do we, when do we actually need a mediator? Is that something to when, uh, you know, HR gets involved and we need, a, you know, like, for example, I, I could say, and again, hypothetical, oh, Brian's talking over me in that Monday meeting. Um, and I had enough, like, do I, do I seek to, uh, address him and resolve this conflict or do, uh, w when is there, uh, the opportunity that arises when I should get that third party in? I'll, I'll say, I prefer that you, uh, come to me directly and let me know. I had no idea I was interrupting you, Frederick. 
every Monday morning meeting, which is completely <laughs> fictional because we do not work together. But Joshua. Sure. I actually lost the question uh, in, in the in the banter. I was like, kids, I'm going to turn this car around. Um, oh, when do you get a mediator? Yeah. Yes. When, when is it appropriate and when should someone uh, think about doing that? So if, if you don't feel safe having this conversation yourself, it's always a good idea to get a mediator. But also a mediator can just be someone else in a group setting jumping in and saying, hey, this is the fourth time you've talked over Stephanie. If you do it again, we're kicking you out of the meeting, joking, not joking. Um, for more serious things, you, you may need to like grab a, grab a manager, grab HR. Um, but really, the, the preference is for people to be able to resolve these things uh, between themselves. I think back to an episode of Ted Lasso when oh, there were there were a couple show. of players, right? Best yeah. show. I, I will fight anyone. Um, so there, there are two players who are having an issue with one another. And one coach asks Ted, like, aren't you going to do anything about this? And Ted's like, no, we're going to let him work it out. Um, and the the reasoning behind that is, you know, if if you get a director or HR involved, the the magnitude of it increases and the severity of it will increase just by necessity of bringing in someone else. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I have the same experience with the Gilmore Girls, where Ari was the photographer, and then Paris really didn't want her on the newspaper, so they worked it mm -hmm. out. And they didn't need a mediator, and they came to mm -hmm. a common uh, goal, which is they want to make the paper better. Uh, within the school of the fictional story, the Gilmore Girls, and they worked it out, and they the conflict was successfully resolved. Yeah, it, it's not. It's also not about um, like conflict between people at that at the level we're discussing. It could be conflict with, you know, when you mentioned design, like the two different mm -hmm. people have two different opposing views. Uh, how do you mediate that without stifling the creativity? So I, I can approach this in, in two ways. Um, one is the person talking to person. And then also like, this is when an, an adult has to step in. Um, so yeah. person to person, it's, you really need to figure out before you have this conversation, what is the goal that you're trying to achieve? Like, what is it that you want in this? Always keep focused on that. And always try to understand what the other person's goal is. Um, a lot of times we have the same goals, but we end up inadvertently stepping on each other's toes. Um, sometimes that can cause a little ego bruising. Sometimes it can, you know, if you hadn't slept well the night before, mm. it can it can cause a little unnecessary tension. So figuring out what it is that both of you need to succeed is the way to resolve this between each other. Now, there's another situation in which you might need to get a mediator involved. Uh, you you've got let's say design and engineering uh engineering mm -hmm. doesn't want to do the thing that the the customer wanted that you validated through your testing and and all of those things uh and if the two of them can't work it out between one another sometimes it's both of them make their cases to the mediator but ultimately the mediator's goal is going to be to ask those questions that were really hard for those people to ask each other what what do you really need what are you trying to accomplish here what's your end goal and let's find a way forward together. That makes a lot of sense. I, I think this goes to the um, one of the things that I saw you talk about in your uh, YouTube videos is the pyramid of how to construct effective conversations. So there's others input, conclusions, facts, real, not opinions, and 
psychological safety. And I think uh, psychological safety plays a, a big part of this. Yes. Yeah, it's, that's that's why it's the, the base of, of this. Like it underpins every conversation that we're going to have with one another. And if you really want this to be a success, then psychological safety is definitely a thing you have to have for everyone involved. Um, you can have these conversations without psychological safety, but the, the risks and tension are probably going to be much higher than they normally would be. Um, you, there will be situations where you have to do this. Uh, it's not ideal, but really, if you can let the other person know that you're here just to try to find a way forward together, it's you're you're not there to to steamroll them or things like that. That can go a long way. And there's some really small, subtle ways that you can start to build this as well, uh, such as if I come to you, Brian, and I'm and I ask you like, hey, is is this yeah. a is this a bad time? Are are you super busy? And Yes. You have the option to, podcast. yeah, come back later. Uh, yeah, so you, you as the other person have the ability to opt into this conversation or opt out of it and asking a question that prompts a no response around like, you know, are you busy? Is this a bad time? Respects the other person's agency, which is really great. Um, and it goes a long way towards building psychological safety because they're bought into the conversation. And a lot of folks can just begrudgingly, you know, if you ask like, hey, do you have a sec? Uh, most people are, are going to begrudgingly say yes, but they probably have a billion other things they'd rather be doing. Well, can you provide a example of, say, the wrong thing to say something somebody might say? You know what? I'm having problems talking to hypothetically uh, some you know, hypothetical name like Brian. I'm having problems talking to Brian whenever I approach him. You know, it, it seems like there's some kind of weird tension or he gets angry. Like what what are the the maybe the the wrong things that I might be saying? Uh one is leading with your opinions and conclusions. Like, hey, you you were a total jerk back then just by speaking over me all these times. Uh, I really want you to stop. Like your brain is going to stop immediately after I called you a jerk and you're going to go into defensive mode and try to Try to just get this conversation over with and stop me from talking. Um, another thing that you really want to avoid is starting with things like why, um, because that triggers our defensive mechanisms. Um, you know, we, we have a, a lot of chemistry that is going on in our brains uh, that really, while society has evolved over the last several millennia, uh, our brains are a little slower. So like, we tend to perceive these conflicts between one another the same way that we would a stranger coming from another tribe to steal all of our food. Uh, these are definitely not the same things, but according to our brains, it's about the same. So yeah. if you, if you yeah. ask someone, I'm sorry, you, you um, a question? No, I was just going to say, not to mention when you go in aggressive like that with emo leading with emotions rather than logic, um, you're not doing yourself any favors too, right? Right, right, right. And sometimes it's that's going to happen like i've done it a few times oh, yeah. and i teach this stuff to people so it's it's pretty natural but if uh if you can go in and ask someone what led you to this how did we get here asking those kind of questions keeps that very logical part of your brain engaged so that you can have this conversation whereas if i asked you why were you such a jerk back then uh that is the least veiled jab i can think of and the conversation is not going to go well as a result.
have you ever failed at mediating? Ooh. Uh, let's see. Most of my most of my conflicts happen one on one. Um, but I, I have been in a couple of situations where I got outward agreement on something. And then the moment that this conversation ended, things went right back to to where where we were before. So I kind of count that as a failure because the outcome wasn't really achieved. It was just tacitly agreed to and then definitely ignored. What, uh, what happened after that? Like, how do you, if, if you fail initially, what's the next steps? So I tend to, to look at these kind of things like gardening. Uh, you you uh, want to make sure that the soil is fertile, nice. you keep it watered. And so you're not going to be able to have every conflict get resolved. You're not going to be able to have everything go smoothly. But it's really about playing the long game and being open to these conversations. So temporary setbacks, you know, sometimes that means you just try again another day. Um, there's sometimes when you have to take a more aggressive stance to these kinds of things. You know, if you're a director or you're leading something, um, sometimes it's got to be, all right, I, I understand where both of you are coming from. I, I understand what the trade-offs are. We're going to do thing A. And I realize that doesn't please everyone, but I can be transparent about my reasoning but the decision yeah. is final. I think I read in uh, Forbes sometime at the beginning of this year, if people are um, three times less likely to imagine the perspective of the other party, if they feel like they're in a, a situation where they're, they're in power of the other person, uh, like, like if they're a supervisor uh, manager, etc. They don't tend to feel obligated enough to have that empathy, and it's it's all about empathy, wouldn't you say? I would certainly agree with that. And this this kind of healthy back and forth between supervisors and people who report to them is it's really it's really modeled by the leaders. So if you really want both sides to see the other people as humans, then you as a director are obligated to ask people for feedback. Uh, I've started to build this culture of feedback at, at the company I'm at now. I've done it at places I've been at previously. And it's really like, you give your director feedback, like, hey, what could I have done better here? And this is kind of tricky because the power dynamics do come into play. But if you as a director are modeling that it is okay to give feedback and that it's safe to give feedback, then the whole organization, not to mention your relationship with this other person, is going to be much stronger. Makes sense. Another thing that uh, I wanted to talk about is you have this whole thing about preparing for conversations. Uh, so conflict resolution for people who hate conflict res resolution. So you have these four points, which are um, checking yourself, uh, don't assume bad intent, uh, use empathy, as we just discussed. Don't demonize people. Um, so getting your facts in line, uh, forming conclusions. How, how did something make you feel? Um, how did it impact you or your team? And then setting goals. So writing down what you want to get from a conversation before you have that interaction might help the outcome be beneficial for both parties, right? Yeah. I, I find that, you know, this reflects how conflicts have gone for me, and I'm very much a, a, 
a planner. Like I, I want to think out things. I, I want to explore potential ripple effects of my decisions. And so this more contemplative approach before having a conversation is definitely beneficial uh, for me. And I've seen it work very well for other people. You, it's not always going to be like that. You don't always have a chance to, to plan everything out in advance. But just thinking about like, okay, am I going off like kind of half cocked here? Just, you know, shooting my mouth off. Like, did I have anything to do with this? Like, these are really good questions to start asking yourself. And there's this great aphorism that I really like to keep in mind. It's called Hanlon's Razor. And there are different variations of it. But the, the theme is don't attribute to malice what you can attribute to an oversight. So, yeah, someone may have crossed a line. Maybe they didn't mean to. Uh, it's probably more that they just missed something. There is a chance that someone is actually malicious and just manipulative, but uh, more often than not, it's someone just didn't see the impact of what they did. And yeah. on that note, it is really important that we separate both the intent and the impact from each other. Because like, what, one of the, the things that I say a lot is like, I can make a really terrible joke. And like, if we're in a room together, I feel such shame about this terrible joke that I made that I run out. And then as I'm running out, I step on your toes. Um, I didn't mean to, but that doesn't it mean it didn't hurt, you know? <laughs> so like, these yeah. are, these are things that you still have to deal with. Well, what about on your, on your end from, I mean, we're talking about resolving other people's issues. Um, what about you being the mediator and the emotions and the stress and all of that that you have to deal with? How, how do you cope with that yourself? That really took a little bit of training, but way less than you might think. Um, one, it's it's a lot easier to have that third party involved because you're a little more neutral. Um, you're not experiencing the personalization of this this disagreement, so it's much easier for you to say, "Okay, you're trying to do thing A; they're trying to do thing B. Let's figure it out." Um, but sometimes conflicts do get really tense. I've I've had uh, I've I've been involved in really hard conversations between uh, other directors and people that report to me, and I was obviously very invested in in this conversation going well. So there was a little stress on my end for that, but it's really where mindfulness and focusing on your breathing and focusing on the outcome that you want is probably the best way to go. And I'm toying with this idea, and I haven't worked it out yet, around like ways to just really remove your emotion from the mediator situation and position. I haven't really worked it out fully, but the idea is just to try and be as you know logical if-then statement as you possibly can. Um, we'll see where that goes. Do, do you mind diving into that a little bit more? Uh, could you explain that? Sure. So I, I, I think a lot about like, I can be very invested in getting one outcome. And by me being invested in that outcome, I tend to, I would probably get a little tense if things seem to not go my way. So if you can remove the emotion from it, like, okay, we're thinking just about this outcome that we're trying to get, which is, for example, we want to build this thing that our client has paid us for 
and we need to stop these these two parties from bickering and being at loggerheads with one another. Um, if you just think like, okay, what is going to get us to this goal? Let's go do that. Or in in more personal situations, like, okay, person A's problem is they feel like they're not getting the same amount of respect as person B's friends because person B doesn't talk over them or interrupt them. And so you try to find a way of making sure that you don't have person A feeling really unsafe. And it's not really about having a compromise with each other because that's kind of like a recipe for both people being equally miserable. Um, in situations like where someone's safety feels uh, threatened or just general respect, like it's it's pretty clear which way you need to go. Like hmm. person B, you just need to sit down and we're we're going to start like raising our hands when when we want to talk in in meetings or something like that. Well, isn't a lot of it just about you know emotions? Things are emotionally charged, and there's yeah. misunderstandings, and and sometimes people have a bad day, kind of like um, and and there's things that are just not um not intentional, like like for the example you provided where you walked out and you stepped on someone's toe, you know, it, it was not intentional. These are just very simple miscommunications. Uh, of random events and, and and if if we could just sit down and have a civil conversation everyone would uh, see things clearly right usually so there's a little bit of calculus involved in like do i want to have this conversation right now so you have to think about yourself like am i really hungry did i get enough sleep last night is it the end of a long day or a long week um are things okay at home with me or the other person? If that's the case, like maybe let it cool off a little bit unless it's absolutely critical for the success of everyone involved. Um, so you, you tend to be a little more calculating about exactly when you would want to have this just so that you time it so that you can have the best possible outcome. Um, and that's part of the reason why I've constructed this framework so that we can just try and make it as safe as possible where like I'm not coming at you Friday at six o'clock when everyone else is going out for happy hour or things like that. Um, and, you know, there there's so many other things to consider. Like I could go on for days about this kind of stuff. But, you know, okay. you start with psychological safety. OK, here we go. We have days. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a weekend experience. Thunder nerds. <laughs> That's right. OK. <laughs> So, and, and that's really why you want to lead with facts after psychological safety, because like, if you can recount to someone else what, uh, what a security camera would have seen in this situation, mm. like this very mm. detached, factual, like, oh, I saw that you did, you, you didn't raise your hand, or like, I saw that you spoke over this person a few times, um, then you talk about the impact. Like it's much easier to have this conversation because it, it doesn't presuppose that you have reached your conclusions. And I, I really want to focus on like, hey, this is what I saw. This is how it made me feel. Am I missing something? And again, this depends on the situation. Like some are pretty clear cut and you don't need to be so hand wringing about it. But I'm talking about normal situations 
where you have conflict. Um, I, I hope that that kind of starts to answer that question a little bit. Like you start with safety, you talk about the facts, you talk about how you interpret them and see what you might be missing or how you can get to where you need to go. No, I, th- I think that's, that's a really, really helpful. Cause a lot of times we'll, um, we'll project our own insecurities onto people, you know, like, Oh, you know, Brian thinks I'm stupid because I made this comment about, you know, blah, 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 blah. But in fact, that's <laughs> Brian doesn't care. It's not even in his head. It has nothing to do with the conversation we were having. Brian was just having a bad day because he didn't get his morning coffee. Right. It's a lot of these things are about, like you said, the appropriate time to have these conversations and have these um, these safety checks, which brings me to the next part of the conversation I'd like to discuss is disaster recovery. So you talk about, you know, the safety check, um, add contrasts. Uh, I'm not saying uh, correctly or misunderstanding uh, things, et cetera, et cetera, or creating a shared purpose. Right. Uh, the pullback. Um, I, I I love this fact that, that that I read in one of the things that you uh, you put out there, where you said like if if you're uh, if you have some kind of thing in your mind before you go into one of these conversations where things might get heated, you could say mm-hmm. something such as I can't talk to you until you lower your voice, and that will allow you the opportunity to leave a room or exit the the Zoom conversation, what have you, right? Yeah. So this this whole idea of doing safety checks is like, okay, things are getting really weird. Do I want to try and write this situation or do I want to get out of it? And so we're really good at perceiving emotions, especially when we're in real life with one another. It's a little harder over Zoom, even more difficult when it's just audio and the most difficult when it's over text. But if you can pick up on on tone, on body language, and things like that, you can really start to tell if things are getting weird. And a lot of times I've seen that if you can, like a lot of these things happen just because of misunderstandings, like we're just missing each other. And so that's where the contrast comes in. You know, I'm not saying you're bad at your job. I'm saying that I need you to consult with the team before making a decision that affects the product. That has helped in the like highest number of conversations that I've had and coached people through. Um, so yeah, there, there are lots of other aspects to talking about safety, recovering things. And a lot of this is really framed in what's called nonviolent communication. And mm-hmm. this, this was by an author a few years ago. Um, uh, you have to give me a second to to get his name because I, I do want sure. to get it right because it was so important. Um, Marshall Rosenberg was a, was, a, was a psychologist who coined this framework. But basically, it's framing things in terms of how you saw it, how it impacted you. And so it's very clearly articulating what the impact is on you and you still get to keep your your agency in this. And it's less accusatory. And so that's when you're able to start to have strong conversations, have easier conversations, even when it's kind of difficult. But, um, you know, that's that's where, like, I can't talk to you until you lower your voice comes in. And like, I I don't no one likes to be yelled at. Um, But if you tell someone why are like, why are you yelling at me? Stop yelling at me. 
Um, that's 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 still like it's not trying to lower the temperature. Um, but if you you're being if you more confrontational up, in in return, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a thing that escalates. And so saying like, okay, look, we can't have this conversation until your voice lowers. It's not until you calm down or until you stop yelling at me because those are those are a lot more mm. concrete triggers. Yeah, yeah, those are triggers definitely too. triggers. I, I like what uh, the like the description of nonviolent communication uh, that I just looked up when I looked up the book. Not a technique to end disagreements, but rather a method designed to increase empathy and improve the quality of life to, for those who utilize the method. That's nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. adopting those things has been extremely beneficial for both my professional and personal life. I, I also really appreciate what you uh, discussed. I think I uh, heard you talking about it on User for Fenders with uh, Jason Ogle about mm. uh, right now with all the video conferencing that we're having. It, it's it's sometimes it it presents a challenge to read uh, the other person with uh, these low fidelity conversations. Right, a, lo a lot of times we you know we turn off our camera because we have the Zoom fatigue. Um, or, or even just literally like, sure, we could see each other, but it's, it's not the same thing. Um, it's not that same uh, rich level of conversation, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, and, and that's why I mentioned earlier, like these things are best handled in person, but that doesn't mean you can't have these kind of conflicts. Like we've all had like tense exchanges over text with people or over Slack. Um, you just need to communicate more. You just need to basically over communicate, like preemptively adding contrast to things because you have like, I have no control over how you read a message for me. You know, if, if you hadn't had coffee, if it didn't sleep well the night before, if things aren't going well for you, you're going to interpret this kind of stuff way more negatively. Um, in fact, our survival circuits uh, have us just by default filling in these gaps of communication with negative interpretations because that's what leads to our survival and so the natural thing for humans is when something is kind of unclear you basically just assume that the other person's being a jerk so correct mm -hmm. that by using emoji sparingly uh d don't don't send me like 10 poop emojis or something like i'll i get it um <laughs> but you know use emojis uh add contrast um you know, try to get ahead of like things that you might see as potential issues. Like, you know, you're going to think I'm saying that this is a, a terrible idea. What I'm actually saying is that I think this has a really big impact on on the product. And, and it's interesting you bring that up because it, I, I think I also heard you say on, on user defenders that people interpret emojis just like like if they see a smile emoji, they'll in their minds, they'll have the same emotional connection mm. to a, like as a actual human smiling, right? Yeah, it's just, it That's was powerful. such a, a fascinating thing that I read about. And it was actually initially written to discuss emoticons, you know, before we had emojis, like, you know, just the, the colon and right parentheses, like, yeah, we, we, we get it. We kind of understand where the other person's coming from. Um, and emojis just really increase that level of, fidelity in communication. It's a nice supplement. 
Why don't we actually uh, talk about, because we, we, you touched on it briefly, but you, you developed a framework for conflict mm-hmm. resolution. What, what does that yeah. look like? What is this framework? And I, I, I believe you also have a, a book on the way about this. Yeah. So working on the book, um, taking it slow with the publisher, just making sure that we get all the bits right. Um, so no, no release date uh, as of yet for that one, but it's, it's going to come out one way or the other, sooner or later. Um, so as, as far as the framework itself, um, I, I really just wanted to see what the common parts of really solid conversations are. And I stepped back and I thought about, you know, the things that I needed in conversation, the things I've seen other people need in conversation. And so that's, that's where this framework came from. Um, safety first, you talk about the facts, you talk about the impact of those things, and then you open it up to the person. I think there might have been another question in there that I I didn't process. I, I was talking about your um, uh, the framework you actually built for conflict resolution, and uh, you know you go out, you speak uh, about this all over the world. Um, what what actually made you? get into this like why yeah. why this subject how how did you get onto this point obviously we've all had conflicts but what i guess one how did you get into this and what was that conflict that that lit that fire for you to go you know what i'm 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 in on this this is what i'm going to really talk about yeah so i grew up in the south and we're all super nice down there we don't want to rock the boat and so my parents were also very clear on like, we, we don't want to fight in front of our kids. So really, I didn't, I didn't have like a really good model of going and having conflict with people. And so it was more of a lifelong study. Um, hmm. And really the thing that just like galvanized my desire to do this was like, I was dropped into some wild situations when I started consulting and i noticed that i was just getting wrecked like my stomach was a mess I, I, there were muscles in my body that i didn't know could twitch that were twitching uh it was just it was <laughs> not a good situation and so i realized like you know this is really hurting me and i need to figure this out what is behind all of this stuff and so that that led me to do a ton of research, get a lot of mentoring, uh, go through some training. And then that's that's where the framework came from. Um, I, th- I think specifically there was an incident when I was at a consulting gig where we had a PM who was doing their own thing. Uh, we were all in the same project. We had an engineer who treated the designs that the client had approved that we tested, that we validated. Uh, they were like, it's just kind of suggestions. I'm just going to go do it my way. Um, and, you know, we were also having to, to work with a client who was changing their mind from time to time. So I, it, it felt so chaotic. And I was like, how can we write this? What can we do to get on well together and so that's that's the thing where i was like okay i gotta figure this out i gotta get some training and then i came back and we got it figured out it was it was kind of magical if i'm honest i love that you know i, I was thinking about um 
doing an actual live conflict resolution with you as the mediator between Brian and I. Do you mind trying that out? <laughs> Let's go. Let's see what we got. Okay, here we go. So real situation. Brian, how come whenever I text you, you take forever to write me back? It's like, I feel like you're ignoring me. You don't appreciate what I say. And I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. And it makes me want to text you less because I don't feel like you value my opinion. Now you go, Brian. My phone is muted most of the time. That's why. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the only answer I have. So what do you do with that, Josh? Uh, I would dig in and say, okay, Frederick, it seems like you have an expectation that Brian respond immediately to your texts. Am I, am I missing anything here? Is there something you want to add to this? Well, I would like him to respond within three days. Okay. So I would ask Brian, how often do you check your messages? How, how important is this to you? Do you have another method that you are more reachable by or that you prefer? Nice. Okay. So, so immediately Brian's not wrong here and that's not what I was expecting or thinking mm -hmm. of, but I like where you're going with this. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter's the way Frederick. I don't pay, I have badges hidden on my, me on my messages. So I don't even see them most of the time. Okay. So pretty, pretty light conflict. Point. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty easy for the two of you to see like, okay, Frederick, he needs quicker responses to urgent matters. And Brian doesn't care about his phone. So you two just found a way to get in touch with each other quicker with a better response rate. And neither of you were wrong. Neither of you were jerks. And in fact, uh, Brian, I I'm with you. I've muted all my notifications on my phone, even text messages. I love it. That's perfect. I think that that conflict was resolved. Good job, gentlemen. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much, Joshua. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we go into the lightning round, Brian? You good with that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So, light, lightning round is where we ask you a question uh, in succession, and you answer it. Frederick asks a question. Uh, fast pace. Fast pace. So um, my first question is, do you actually want to have pineapple on a pizza? Oh, my God. No. Get out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Joshua, why, do, uh, why did people call you Gumby in school? I was double jointed. And so I could jump rope with my arms. I was, uh, was, was a very stretchy dude. Okay, you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with their head inside the lion's mouth or shot out of a cannon? Oh my God, shot out of a cannon. That's amazing. <laughs> you get to <laughs> fly. Right. And like, I love it. A lion's mouth is just going to be like real kind of like wet and nasty and gingivitis just, in there. Yeah, dude, not into it. Like, just let me, let me help you. Let me get you some floss. Let me get you some dental hygiene. Josh, who is your mentor when it comes to uh, this subject of conflict resolution? Ooh, I do not have a quick answer for that. Um, mm -hmm. I have a whole stack of books 
that I read. Um, there's one called Cultures and Organizations, which really helps me understand like power dynamics and different cultures. Um, and I've read a lot about how to have conflict with people in different cultures. And most of those things are extremely stereotypical, which is something you want to avoid. Um, cultures and organizations is really more of a holistic approach and it's more of a prototyping approach. Like these things might happen. So keep them in mind. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the most recent one that, that I've, I've been into. Please. What's one pet peeve of yours that hampers your life to such an extent that if you could get rid of it, it would just increase your enjoyment of life exponentially? Uh, algorithms in my social media. Well said. Josh, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Huh. I, I've really been working for a few years on cultivating resilience. And mm. it's just, that's just, I feel like I've gotten to a much better place about it. And so, you know, situations change. I can roll better with the punches. I'm a little less brittle when it comes to uh, addressing change. Nice. What chore do you hate doing? Oh, cleaning my shower. Just like the, Legitimate. like, it's yeah. like, it is the most intense cardio that I will do. <laughs> And like I've I've done like the like cardio strength workouts where you like have a hammer and you just like hit it on a tire for a while. Like I could do that longer than I could like intensely scrub my shower. Just got to spray the scrubbing bubbles. They take care of it. I saw the uh, animation. Oh, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. for next. I've been I've been doing it this whole time. Yeah. It, hey, you know, live and learn. Right. Josh, what is your. um rather if if you couldn't do what you're doing now uh what what else would you be doing for a career for the rest of your life i think i'd be a therapist or a coach or a counselor or something um i get i i enjoy listening to folks and like poking through things with them and helping them explore things and so like it, that's not that different from what i do with conflict resolution you know we're working through hard things together to make real progress on ourselves and our teams and our products. Therapy yeah, so like, is not that different. No, no, it's not. So would you rather live where it snows all the time, never stops, or where the temperature never falls below 100 degrees? So do I want to keep living in Los Angeles is, is the question. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, would, I would love to go and live where it snows all the time. It's very cozy. You get your scarves, you get your cocoa, uh, you get your snowmen. Yeah, I think you're, uh, you're in the right place. We, we all agree with that. Good, 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 good. Josh, what are you, what are you reading for fun these days? Um, I just picked up this book called The French Art of Not Trying Too Hard. And it just, it really, it's, it vibes with me, man. Like we're just, yeah. a, a lot of times we try and force ourselves through a process or like, you know, if we want to get this outcome, we have to do all of these other things. And it's just, it's very intensive. And so this book is really espousing the idea of ease and grace and intuition. And I think that it's really important for people who make things because yeah, we can use this framework all the time. 
and we can make things very formulaic. Sometimes it works, sometimes it has a little issue, but you know, we spend our whole lives cultivating this intuition and it's a shame that we discard it in favor of a prescribed number of steps. Well said. So uh, don't answer this if it gets you in trouble, but <laughs> what, if anything, oh, have man. you ever re-gifted? Uh, <laughs> okay, so when I was young, uh, I ended up getting a gift from my youth group, and it was just a, a bucket of popcorn. Caramel, cheese, and regular. Why would you really? The classics. Well, dude, I was like seven. <laughs> so oh, I was like, I have seven. to figure out something to give my dad for Christmas. And so <laughs> I didn't even change the, like, I didn't put a different bow on it. I just picked it back <laughs> up after I had been inside it and like opened one of the packages. And I was like, Merry Christmas, dad. <laughs> and they were like, did you get this? from youth group and i was like no no i went out and bought it myself uh i was just doubling down on my bullshit and yeah that's that was it Great. that's a good one well hey you were seven it's all good but yeah that popcorn oh, sorry delicious. i, I meant 27 my bad oh 27 gotcha yeah either way it's very difficult to give away popcorn so uh i get you Josh, what uh, what podcasts are you uh, listening to lately for um, not just entertainment, but for uh, for learning purposes? So I enjoy Adobe's, also Thunder Nerds, uh, obviously. Oh, um, I, I tend to keep my podcast listening a little more on the like entertainment side. So my yeah. I actually I hear a lot of podcasts because my wife is listening to them all the time. Um, Smartless is really hilarious with uh jason bateman and will arnett and some other guy oh that yeah I'm yeah not quite remembering sorry other guy um <laughs> but yeah like mostly my brain hears people talk all day and so it's very exhausting to process a lot of like canned conversation so i tend to prefer music or things that are like song exploder i do yeah a lot of reading these days rather than podcasts so no one really that I've ever met enjoys waiting anywhere, but where's one place that you don't mind waiting that you're like, yeah, it's okay. I like waiting. Like, okay. Except this guy, this guy <laughs> so, likes yeah. waiting. Okay. So here it is. And here's why, <laughs> well, because like okay. we talked earlier about, you know, this hypothetical conflict where you turned off all your notifications. Um, <laughs> I am making my phone as dumb as humanly possible while still being able to live in the modern world. And yeah. so like, I don't have notifications. I don't have social, I don't have email on my phone. And so it's like, I'm able to just like hang out and be uninterruptible. So waiting is pretty much good anywhere. I love that. Right. So I nice. just wrecked your question. They, uh, no, it's <laughs> sorry, fine. Sorry. You, you can, I, you I can be perfectly happy. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're we're probably we're getting oh. uh we're getting at the end here, Brian. I'm sorry. Do you have one last one, one of these? One, Go ahead. One one last one. So why is Count Dracula a terrible project manager? I don't know. I've always been able to count on him. No. Oh! He's, he's uh, that's good, but it's because he <laughs> always good. avoids the stakeholders. 
Oh man. Oh. And this guy, like, he just he does it by the number. Like, he's the most reliable person out there. That's true. <laughs> I love it. Josh, we, we're 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 right at the end here. I want to ask you two things. First, uh, where would you like people to find out more about you? Uh, come join me on Twitter. Uh, I've also got some things on my personal site. Uh, be forewarned, if you follow me on Twitter, there is a lot of dumb jokes. <laughs> gotcha. Love it. And the last question. Words of wisdom. Uh, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our audience? Yeah. I would say that if you can see conflict as something that you can embrace and learn from and have the discovery mindset, things are going to go much better for you, for your team, for your company, for your product. Um, it's, it's, it's the thing that keeps me going this discovery mindset so look at cultivating that you won't regret it i love it and i, I think the last thing that we we agreed on before uh we started the show was you were going to play us out i see your guitar back there <laughs> wait what we agreed on this yeah I, yeah I yeah I so go ahead and yeah, grab I, it and sing whatever <laughs> song you want we'll wait for a second <laughs> um <clears throat> well here we go i okay. i've got my i've got my air guitar right here oh you're gonna do an air guitar gotcha okay yeah yeah so i guess we're gonna go with uh what are we gonna go with reluctantly crouched at the starting line engines pumping and thumping in time the green light flashes the crowds something something and this guy goes <laughs> the distance we did it boys we did it nice well done <laughs> beautiful performance by joshua malden joshua Thank you so much for being part of the show and joining us. Uh, that was excellent. Yeah, thank thanks. you for uh, spending Saturday with us. It's, time is valuable, so thanks for joining us. And I apologize for Frederick. I apologize well, for Brian, apparently. <laughs> I apologize for my bad karaoke skills, so I'm going to go work on that. I think your karaoke was on point in your air guitar for our it audio was. listeners. You got to go back and watch because he was hitting them. He was hitting the chords. That's right. Yeah, his yeah, hair you, you was like flying all over the place. It was amazing. Was like <laughs> what was that? That was cake, right? Yeah, it definitely was. Yes. The distance. Yeah, nice, nice. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, all. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us for you. Keep a few stars our way. I enjoy the best podcast for technology out there, and that is Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. That's our new intro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope you don't mind if we use that. I'll say about it after the show. Oh, I love penguins. I love Frederick. Oh, I love penguins.
I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?